We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show, getting Chiefs Kingdom ready for the 2023 NFL Draft. Hosted right here in Kansas City with the best analysis, interviews, and content you can find to stay up to date and in the know. With that said, let's begin the show. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to this special new We'll say April episode of the KCSN Draft Show. It's our best mock draft Monday. And our first guest is ESPN's Matt Miller, who's going to give us his ideal Kansas City mock draft with their 10 picks in this draft. But before we start that, Matt, how's it going, man? It's going great. Uh, unfortunately, as we sit here, our Kansas City Royals are 0-3. Uh, so I thought I was the bad luck charm 0-2 while I was there. I don't know. Maybe it's the powder blue. It's the bad luck. I don't. I'll have to listen to a uh, one of the KCSN Royal shows to figure out what's going on. But it's uh, better days are ahead for the Royals. Joel, Josh, and uh, Jordan do a great job with our Royals content. So special shout out to those guys. They'll have it covered. I will say I I'm feeling good about the Royals just because took my kids out to opening day and they had a good time. Uh, we were trying to leave in the fourth inning, and my daughter actually said, "Can we stay one more inning?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then we got to see him the best feeling ever. Ground. Then we saw him ground into a double play back to like the catcher with the bases loaded, which was not a good uh, last play to see. But this isn't a baseball show. This is an NFL draft show. And Matt, we've yeah. been talking over the last few weeks, kind of breaking down different position groups, listening to some of the interviews we did at the East West Shrine Bowl. But now that we're less than a month from the draft, each Monday for the next few weeks, we're going to have our best mock draft Monday, having analysts like yourselves go through and tell us what you think the ideal picks would be, not just for the first round, but for all 10 picks for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, starting with number 31. So let's get right into this. And at number 31 in your best mock draft for the Chiefs, Matt Miller, you have the Chiefs selecting defensive end Will McDonald IV out of Iowa State. Can you talk to us about what Will McDonald uh, could do and why he's your ideal best case scenario pick for the Chiefs at number 31. Yeah, BG, obviously a player who has had a ton of success at Iowa State. I mean, the production jumps up the page, but uh, the body type does as well. I think his skill set, he's long armed. He has a very, very good first step. He has 
a pass rush plan. I mean, he, he can work with hand use, he uses leverage well, he uses length well. So this is a very finished product. And that's, again, the production is absolutely there. And I think from a scheme fit, opposite George Karloftis, we've talked a lot, you and I have, about the addition of Charles and Minahue, a player who can play inside or outside. With McDonald, you've now got two guys with juice and speed coming off the edge. And I think you're still able to pinch opposing quarterbacks because, as we know, Chiefs offense can score. You're going to put opposing offenses in a situation where they have to throw to win. I think you just dial these guys up, let them pin their ears back, go get the quarterback. It's interesting because it goes into some of those things that we've talked about uh, regarding you know building a basketball team. We always talk about the wide receiver position where you want different yeah. heights, different skill sets, all those kinds of things. Do you want the same kind of deal with your edge rushers? Because we know what George Karloftis, he's going to win with strength. He's going to win with tenacity on the second, third, fourth move. Whereas Will McDonald, you watch a lot of these highlights, it's pure athleticism, bending. He's a different kind of player uh, than George Karloftis in yep. that way. Do you see it as a benefit for a guy like Steve Spagnuolo to have players with different skill sets that rush the passer? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think in your traditional sense, you want a power end and you want a, you know more of a, a speedy finesse type end. Karloftis, it, while not all power, there's a lot of athleticism there. I think we saw that this past year. Uh, it does give you, I think, some variety, which is really important to have that coming off the edge. But also because of we're going to see three-man fronts, we're going to see four-man fronts, um, the defenses are, are interchangeable at this point. So I think having someone like McDonald who can stand up, he can play outside the tackle, he can play on the tackle. We've seen him do a lot of things at Iowa State. So really tackle out, he's going to be comfortable, whether that's hand up or hand down. So opposite Karloftis, who's more of your traditional you know, bookend type guy, I, I think it does work well. All right, my last question for you on Will McDonald, the edge rusher out of Iowa State. And again, special shout out uh, to Miller Lite for being the presenting sponsor of all of our draft content here starting in the month of April. But Matt, with Will McDonald, you said this is a best case scenario uh, for him being there at 31. Is this more than likely that he's going to go before 31, before the Chiefs pick? I think this is his range. And I tried to make this mock draft every okay. pick. I tried to be realistic. You know, obviously we're not, we didn't do Will Anderson here, right? We wanted to be realistic mock draft. Yeah. So I think this is his range where it could be like mid, mid twenties to, to early thirties is where I expect him to get picked. All right. If the chiefs can end up with two starting edge rushers and three starting cornerbacks, two drafts in a row, high value, high premium positions on rookie deals then the word dynasty shouldn't just get thrown around. It's going to be used with regularity if a player like Will McDonald comes to the Chiefs and shows some success right away because, um, it, yeah, I can't, I'm getting excited just thinking about what could happen if they nail an edge rusher who's on a rookie deal outside George Karloftis. All right, let's move to the second pick. Number 63, end of the second round, Matt. Of all the guys that, uh, when you sent me the list that I went through and cut up these highlights, this next player may have been my favorite highlights to watch. I absolutely loved watching yeah. tight end Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Uh, his highlights are a lot of fun, man. Absolutely a lot of fun because he's a three-down tight end, which doesn't exist in college football very much anymore. But in Iowa, we don't know that they don't score a lot of points in football. They do in women's basketball. But in football, they don't score a lot of points. But their tight ends come into the NFL ready to block in the run game. They can block in the pass game. It's a very... I mean, I think it's a pro-level route tree for the tight end position. You're going to run a lot of option routes. You're going to be right at his own routes. And Laporta dominated when he had his opportunities. I've said before, like, I hate making the, the helmet-to-helmet comments, but there's a lot of George Kittle when you watch him play because of the fact that he plays mean. 
He's aggressive. He's going to mix it up in the blocking game as well. So I know we've, we've talked before. Travis Kelsey is a GOAT. He's a Hall of Famer. He's also turning 34 years old. So while he still has, I think, a lot of good, good football ahead of him, it's not a terrible idea to get someone in there learning from the GOAT. I think Laporta could be a player that's like, you're not reinventing the wheel. He has a lot of similar traits that Travis Kelsey does. If he can learn how to you know, really develop those traits under the best to do it, I think that's the only help for this team. And you know, it helps in the, in the interim because you have that number two tight end. Yeah, he's listed at 6'3", 245. Again, that's Sam Laporta, uh, tight end from Iowa. Where do you see that range for him? What do you see the ceiling? What do you see uh, dropping? Um, is this 63 uh, a best-case scenario? Or is this, again, kind of like Will McDonald, you said earlier, is this kind of the range for him? I think it's the range right now. The tight end position is going to be very, very interesting to watch in round one and in round two. If we see players like Dalton Kincaid from Utah, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, if they come off the board early in round one, then we're probably not going to see Sam, Sam Laporte, excuse me, available at 63 because they're going to go earlier. So I think if you're wanting, if you're a Chiefs fan and you're like me and you want them to get another tight end class, you need to hope and pray that Michael Mayer and Duncan Kincaid go a little bit later in round one so the guys like this drop to the end of round two. All right, good stuff. Uh, I know tight end is one of those positions, Matt. I've, I've said for like four years the Chiefs need to draft a tight end. They need yeah. to get a guy in there with Travis Kelsey. Not that I thought Travis Kelsey was slowing down or gone. Because I know how much 12 personnel they run. We've seen Jody Fortson step up and play well. We've seen Noah Gray make some plays, um, which brought us some interesting conversation that we had the other day uh, regarding Noah Gray. Maybe he plays a little fullback like we saw in college. Right. Uh, we'll see. But getting another young stud tight end, not even about right now, but utilize the the value that you have, which is Travis Kelsey and his ability to help younger players and get a young, talented player in that room with Kelsey while you've got him and let him learn from that dude. Don't wait till he's already out the door to bring the next guy in. Utilize the fact that you've got the greatest tight end to ever play, um, especially with his route running, all those things that he's so fine-tuned with right. uh, that he's starting now to get a lot more credit for. Take advantage of that. Bring in the next guy. All right, let's to speaking of the next guy, let's talk about the next pick. And this is one that very familiar with because we had a chance to talk with this guy at the East West Shrine Bowl. Uh, but at number 95 in the third round, you have the Chiefs selecting wide receiver A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. What is it that you love about A.T. Perry, Matt? I size and speed, BJ. And I'm one of those, I'm one of those people that thinks the Chiefs could benefit from a little bit better size at wide receiver. I think, you know, we saw that last offseason with signing MVS, signing Juju Smith Schuster. Juju has moved on. We expect that there will be other players that step up to fill that role. But I think with A.T. Perry, you get 6'3. With four four speed, and we saw that at Wake Forest. I know you guys saw at the East West Shrine. He is able to separate with speed and length. It's the catch radius is great. It's the ability to track the ball and extend to make that play, but also just that sheer speed. They're like, hey, I will take the top off this defense. I can pull away from defenders with that speed. Yes, he's kind of linear. He can get to beat up at the line of scrimmage a little bit. You don't get a ton of like burst after the catch. But if you're talking about a red zone threat and a deep ball threat. I think he is somebody that could fit this offense very well. Not as I'm not saying he's going to come in and be wide receiver one, right? But in an offense where we're waiting to see Sky Moore develop, I think we're hoping that Kadarius Tony can become that number one option. You do still have Marcus Valdez Stanley returning, uh, getting another player like that in the mix, and AT Perry, who can be, you know, I don't know that they have even a wide receiver one, two, three right now. So it's hard to say he would be four, uh, but getting him in the mix, especially when you have 
uh, you have Tony and Moore who play a lot of special teams. I think having another body like this uh, that can do do work in the red zone is going to help. Yeah, you've got Tony Moore and MVS as the three receivers on the roster who caught a pass last year uh, for the Chiefs right now. And then you've got guys like yep. Cornell Powell. You've got guys like uh, John Ross, Justin Ross. Justin Ross is this year's off-season darling that everybody is just absolutely in right. love with. Hope he turns out. Uh, but there, there are a lot of Chiefs fans putting a lot on that kid um, long before he's even had a chance to step in and, and compete consistently, even into the yeah. preseason uh, with what he's got going on. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But looking at A.T. Perry's numbers, I mean, you can't argue with nearly 2,400 yards receiving over the last two years with 26 touchdowns. Uh, the guy was a walking, playmaking machine that our uh, fearless producer, Tucker Franklin, uh, being a Mizzou fan, knows all about. Sorry, Tuck. All right, let's move on to the next player who you have. <laughs> Sorry, Chuck. Uh, that I know you're going to be very excited about. This guy was one of our favorite interviews, uh, talking about the East-West Shrine Bowl, and this is Texas defensive yeah. lineman Keandre Colburn. Uh, Coburn, excuse me. Uh, Matt, what is it that you love about Keandre Coburn? I know you're very familiar with this game. Yeah, very familiar. Hook'em horns. Coburn is one of those players you look at a 6'2", 330, think nose tackle. But my man this past year really stepped up as a pass rusher. I mean, he showed up in every game that he played in. Go back to the Alabama game. But he's he's the one collapsed in the pocket, so the Bryce Young has to move. We saw him in the Oklahoma game being a difference maker, and he did that all season. So at 332 pounds, he improved his game to where he's not just a first down, second down run defender. He's actually making an impact in the pass rush game. So I, I love the versatility that he brings. love the value that he brings. Now, I do think in the NFL, He's probably more of your prototypical one technique. That's something I think the Chiefs actually need right now. I know, you know, Derek Nottie is back and he's going to hold down that spot, but we've seen them use a heavy rotation in the past. And Colin Saunders, yeah. a fan favorite. I know he was a favorite of yours, BJ. BJ, he's in New Orleans now. Brandon Williams, one of my guys from Joplin, Missouri, probably retiring. He got his ring. He got his 10 years. He got his ring. Brandon's probably going to be hunting and fishing for the rest of his life now <laughs> playing football. So I think there's a, there is a need for a nose tackle, for a, a one technique even. And Coburn can fill that role. And I, I think it, right at this spot, to me, his upside is, is starter. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of talent there. And you have a very good defensive line coach in Joe Collin that can bring out some of those traits that Coburn started to flash this past year. But I mean, he's been like a three-year starter in Texas, incredibly dependable against the run. And we started to see him become a better pass rusher this year, too. It, one of the things that stood out about the interview that we did with Keandre Coburn out at the East West Shrine Bowl was you could just tell that football meant something to him. Some guys, and I used to ask yeah. John Dorsey, and I've asked Brett Veach this over the years, like, how do you tell the difference when you're interviewing players at the Combine and the, these official visits? I mean, these players are trying to put their best, the best interview of their lives. They're trying to give the best version of themselves. Uh, how do you differentiate the guys that love the game of football and those who love what the game of football can bring to them. And they're right, right at the doorstep right. of that. Like, how do you separate those two things? And they basically just talk about like, you know, talking with the area scouts and it, it gets into a different conversation of how much does the guy says he loves playing football when he's interviewing, but how does he feel at the end of August during two a days uh, on a Tuesday uh, when everybody is tired and miserable, is that guy still loving football the same kind of way? And the, those that do are the tend tend to be the ones that are very successful at the NFL level, yeah. because then it comes a full-time job and you are all into it. If you don't absolutely love the process of the work that goes into it, you're going to get eaten alive. 
uh, by the time mm-hmm. that you get to the NFL. So hopefully we've got 10 guys on this list. We are down four of the 10 picks that Matt Miller from ESPN has on his mock draft and his best case mock draft for the Chiefs. And a quick recap before we throw it a break. Uh, first pick, Will McDonald, Iowa State edge rusher. Second pick, tight end Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Third pick, wide receiver A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. And the fourth pick guy we were just talking about, defensive lineman Keandre Coburg out of University of Texas. We'll be right back with Mr. Matt Miller from ESPN to get his next thoughts. Got an offensive tackle, another wide receiver, and a quarterback coming up. And we'll get to that right after this quick break. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Kansas City, the NFL draft is almost here, and it's a fantastic time for our city. Make sure you're staying locked into us here at KC Sports Network because we've got the draft covered. Chiefs have 10 picks. We're talking about it with Matt Miller right now. We'll see how many they actually use, but there's one selection that every football fan can share and love, and that's an ice-cold Miller Lite. The players might change, the coaches might change, the rules will definitely change, but Miller Lite is still the perfect beer for draft time, game time, and everything in between. Personally, when I want a beer with some flavor, but it's also light and won't make me feel like crap, Miller Lite has always been a go-to. Light on calories, not taste. I mean, what's the point of drinking a beer if you can't taste it? Until kickoff comes around again, enjoy the beer that tastes like the season, Miller Lite. Great taste, 96 calories. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash KCSN, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back to the KCSN Draft Show. It is Best Mock Monday. It's our first episode doing this over the next four Mondays before we get to the NFL Draft, hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller. And quick recap, you can see it on your screen. Uh, For those watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. If you're listening to us on the podcast, a quick recap before we get to the next one and uh, the fifth pick. But the first four, Will McDonald, edge rusher, Iowa State. Second pick, tight end Sam Laporta from Iowa. Third pick, A.T. Perry, wide receiver at Wake Forest. Fourth pick, Keandre Coburn out of Texas, the defensive lineman. All right, Matt, let's get to this fifth pick. It's an offensive tackle at the University of Oklahoma. Wanya Morris, what do you love about Wanya Morris? And am I saying that correctly, first of all? Because I'm getting torn apart every time I say a player's name. 
right? You are. You're doing well, BJ. You're holding it down. Uh, what do I like about Morris versatility? And right now in Kansas City, uh, there is a lot of conversation about who's going to play left tackle, who's going to play right tackle. Well, Morris could play both. He did it up well, but he played left tackle. He played right tackle. I think he probably comes in the NFL as more of a right tackle prospect. I, th- I think that's what suits him better. But, man, this is an athlete at tackle. This isn't, you know, like a 335-pound guy who can't move. It's like, oh, we'll put him at right tackle. No, no, no. This is someone who can get out outside the ashes. He can get out in the run game. I think very good accuracy at the second level as a blocker. He comes under control. He's poised, balanced, and has that movement ability that you need to have to play in Kansas City. So I, I'm not saying it in at pick 134, you're going to replace Lucas Nying. However, Lucas has been injured. He hasn't been on the field a whole lot. So as much as the team believes in him, wouldn't hurt to have a prospect waiting in the wings who has the athleticism to play in this scheme but also someone who has experience at left and right tackle. He can be that player that, that is your swing tackle. I think that's great value in round four if you could find someone that that is that little bit of a, a, a you know a dual player for you on the offensive line. Absolutely. All right. That makes a lot of sense. The pick makes a lot of sense. Uh, blocking for Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I just said that. I just needed an excuse to say that name because I joked with you last time we did this show that I wish. Which is it? Yeah. Pacheco, Pacheco, it's Isaiah Pacheco. I'm gonna say it. I've been saying it for a year. I was told that it was Pacheco, and that was wrong. And now I'm saying now people are telling me it's Isaiah Pacheco. So it's gonna be Pacheco. That's for the YouTube commenters. That's why I keep saying Pacheco. All right, let's move on to the next pick. And Matt, this is a player that I wasn't familiar with until you had brought him up. And watching his highlights, it's a fun player. I I agree with you in not being an NFL draft expert in any kind of way, but just in watching him. This seems like the kind of player that's going to get selected. He's going to be around for a very long time and just watching his skill set on the field, obviously not knowing, yeah. at least for myself, what kind of work ethic does he have? What kind of, you know, does he love football? Those kinds of things. But just from a skill set standpoint, this guy is a kind of player that can sneak up on you and all of a sudden you've got that fourth, fifth round wide receiver. You get to training camp, like I, the guy keeps making plays. And I'm talking about Trey Tucker, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. Not the biggest guy, but always right. seems to be able to make a play, Matt. Yeah, five foot nine, hundred eighty-two pounds. Not the biggest guy, but legit four-four flat speed. So you have a picture in your head already of like, oh, this would be a dynamic vertical stretch player. You would be right about that. But also, really submitted the works well underneath. I mean, making plays after the catch is something he's very, very good at. So yes, he can run past coverage. He can he can uncover himself with that deep ability. But I what I like best is like let's hit him on some drags. Let's hit him on some crossers. Let's get him involved in the screen game because he does tap. I mean, just burst for days. And that's what stands out to me as someone who can get better. I, I think, you know, in an NFL system, he's getting coached up. His route tree is going to get better. He has the athleticism to become a better route runner, but also he's going to help in the, in the specialty. He, he does bring a lot of value. This is a pair being different than what the Chiefs have done a wide receiver. Trey Tucker is exactly what the Chiefs have done a wide receiver. You're going for somebody who's a little bit smaller, great speed, very, very good short area quickness and burst, and he's going to bring a lot of value in special teams as well if he gets involved in the return game. So this is probably your more of your stereotypical Brett Beach pick at wide receiver. Reason I think that he could also end up turning into a player that if the Chiefs ended up taking him, he goes out to training camp. It's kind of player that's going to look really good on those like you know defensive back little one on one drills. His quickness, his speed. I'm not saying it. it we're not saying it's what DeAnthony Thomas was at that time, or the, even that like the Tyree Kill. But he's going to go out in a one-on-one situation. He's going to win. And you see a lot of the plays that we're watching with right here for those watching on YouTube where he's just getting it open, 
You can see the quickness. You can see him looking right there, reading the defense, finding an open spot for his quarterback. Uh, again, for a, a mid-round yeah. pick right now in this mock, we're talking about pick 166. Uh, for To get a player like that at a position that the Chiefs need some depth um, at wide receiver. They've got some, some guys yes. that uh, you could be excited about seeing what they can do with this opportunity. I'm talking about a guy like John Ross, player that a lot of people know, hasn't really stuck anywhere. It's going to be a fun player to see what he can do. Put a guy like Trey Tucker in that room and see if he can go out there and earn a spot. And I would be all yeah. for that, Matt. All right, let's move on to the next one. Cornerback from the Pac-12. At 178, you have the Chiefs selecting cornerback Alex Austin out of Oregon State. What is it that you love about Alex Austin's game? Yeah, I mean, size stands out. He's six foot 195 pounds. He's got really good length. Uh, more quick than fast. I, I think that shows up a lot in his game, but um, yeah, someone who's just like battle tested. And I think you see, so he gets size length. I think the football IQ stands out on tape, um, especially in zone coverage. I, I think he plays the ball in front of him really well. Man coverage, that lack of speed shows up a little bit, but you know, he can play at the line of scrimmage. He's physical. He has really good instincts. Uh, I know there's been some talk of maybe he's more of a nickel as an inside guy, but Kansas City has had so much success, as you know, BJ, finding corners. They got three last year's draft. But, you know, even before that, finding guys like Legere Sneed. You know, uh, I think Brett Beach has, has done a great job of finding value at the corner position, finding traits that they can coach up. Now, Austin's speed might not fit the profile of what the team's done in the past, but I think the size, you know, the, the experience, what do you do with the line of scrimmage, the football IQ, the football character, all those things fit somebody like we're talking about a good backup at this part in the draft. So that will play the special team. And it's, again, if you're looking at him as a pro above a nickel corner where you can play the ball in front of him a lot more, he can help out in the run game. I think that's where his best value is at. Yeah, I it'll be interesting. And this would be a fun you know question for for Nate Taylor and the beat writers, the guys that are there every day uh, covering the Chiefs, you know, talking to Brett Veach in his pre-draft presser just saying, you know, at what point do you not have to bring in a veteran into that cornerback room? I know they have luxurious need now, but right. you know, you have three three rookies and they had you know what four or five guys um, drafted uh, in the defensive backfield, and you add guys like Brian Cook and Nazi Johnson uh, that they've got some young talent there. Do you need are those the veterans now that they just have a year of experience? Right, they won a Super Bowl, they got a lot of snaps. Do you need another you know veteran? You know, guys, 26, 27 years yeah. old sitting in that room. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know what the vibe is of that room and what those guys are like. But if you don't need to sign a guy or to keep a guy uh, at that level, maybe a player like this could step in and it'd be one of the guys to actually have a shot to earn, you know, earn a spot on the 53-man roster. It'd be interesting to see from a roster composition if they feel like they need to get a better. Oh, yeah. All right. So, so far, we've got seven picks. I believe four of them are for the offense. Three of them are on the defensive side. And rather than even it up, we're going offense again. And this is a fun one just because everybody likes quarterbacks. The Chiefs do not need a starting quarterback, but they do either a backup or a third guy in that room. They've got Chris Alitikon. Um, I'm not going to be able to say his name correctly. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a thing with me, I guess. Uh, but they got Shane Buscelli as well, um, or Buschel. Matt, he's a Texas guy. How do you say his last name? Yeah, Bouchelle. You were, you were Bouchelle. Bouchelle. Okay. Uh, don't edit that out. Just leave it in. We're real here. All right, Shane Bouchelle. That's the backup right now to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but at 217 in this draft, another player that we had a chance to sit down and talk to at the East West Shrine Bowl out of UCLA, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Matt, what is it that you love 
about Dorian Thompson Robinson as a player. Before we get to the fit with Kansas City, what is it that you love about what you watched on tape from the UCLA quarterback? I mean, athleticism is easy to see. And, and I watched him in person at the combine. I mean, it's just, it just shows up. I mean, he's fast. He's explosive. Even his arm. He's just got a loose, very live arm. At UCLA, a ton of experience. I mean, obviously playing that Chip Kelly spread offense. There's a ton of tempo. He's asked to do a lot mentally at the line of scrimmage. A lot of college quarterbacks are not. So uh, I, I like the the traits that you could develop here. Athleticism is plus, plus, plus. A lot, arm talent, arm arm talent, uh, strength, plus. And then the experience, the leadership, the character, all those things are what you want in a player that you know is just going to come and work his ass off every day. Uh, everyone I've talked to raves about about DTR to say, hey, this, this is a dude that has a chance. And I know I've, I've talked to you know, NFL quarterbacks who say, like, hey, we've watched this guy play on Saturdays. We think he has a chance in the NFL. He's, he's undersized. You know, he's six foot, sub 200 pounds, but he can pull it down. As you see it on the screen, he can pull it down and run with it. Uh, he really, really threatens defenses with that RPO ability. Now, how does he fit with the Chiefs? You're set with, with Patrick Mahomes. But as we've seen, you know, Chad Henney has saved that city a couple times. Having a backup that the team's comfortable with is very important. I love Shane Bouchelle. He was a Texas guy. Transferred to SMU. He'll always be a Texas guy to me. Uh, but I, I think having a skill set like what, what Dorian brings to the table where, you know, if you're playing a, a little bit of a heavier, slower defense, you put him out there in some some RPO situations as a backup, I mean, he's going to make defenses pay. You're basically running a speed option with him back there. So um, Andy Reid used to have a history of draft and develop, draft and develop. This is a Green Bay Ron Wolf philosophy. I think it's something that Kansas City's now in a situation to be able to do. You know, you're very established offensively. Mahomes has proven himself as a great leader for that locker room. So you can bring in a young guy like this, draft, develop, and, you know, either trade him or, you know, give him a, an opportunity to stick around as a long-term backup. All right, we're talking with ESPN's Matt Miller, and we're getting his best-case scenario mock draft for the Kansas City Chiefs with their 10 picks in the 2023 NFL Draft. To quick recap what we've done so far, uh, first-round pick Will McDonald, the edge rusher out of Iowa State. And then you can see right here on the graphic, Sam Laporta, tight end out of Iowa, wide receiver A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest, Texas defensive lineman Keandre Coburn, Oklahoma tackle Wanya Morris, wide receiver out of Cincinnati Trey Tucker, cornerback out of Oregon State Alex Austin, and quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA. Matt, interesting conversation with Dorian Thompson-Robinson. One of the things that uh, Kent Swanson spent a lot of time talking with Dorian about was his affinity for playing chess. Uh, big chess player with him and his teammates out of yep. UCLA. Pretty cool, uh, especially they, they got into the just what, how does that help you as a quarterback, the way that you think, the way that your oh, brain yeah. works, the way that you're always three, four steps ahead. Uh, I don't know if the actual game of chess matters, but the process that it takes to be good at chess is the same kind of process. If you apply that to a lot of different areas, not just to football, but in your life, uh, probably be pretty successful and uh, yeah, we are going to take another quick break and then we'll be back with the final two picks for the Chiefs in Matt Miller's best case scenario mock draft here on KC Sports Network. We've got an offensive player and a defensive player and we'll tell you who they are right after this quick break. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is BJ Kissel, founder and CEO of KC Sports Network. With Kansas City on full display for the NFL Draft, what better way to celebrate our hometown than by supporting a charity that helps kids with special needs in our own backyard? 
Children's Center for the Visually Impaired will host the CCVI Trolley Run Sunday, April 30th to change the lives of students who are blind or have low vision. Now in its 35th year, the CCVI Trolley Run is a four-mile race that finishes on the Country Club Plaza the Sunday after the NFL Draft. This fundraiser is open to everyone and no athletic ability is required. Enjoy free beer after the race and snacks from local restaurants. We promise the KC community will be on full display. Visit trolleyrun.org and use code KCSN to get a few extra bucks off your registration. That's trolleyrun.org. All right, welcome back to the KCSN Draft Show presented by our friends at Miller Lite. I'm BJ Kissel. We're hanging out with Matt Miller. We are eight picks down of the 10 picks. You can see them right there on your screen. Matt, we've got two picks left in the seventh round. Starting with number 249, you have the Chiefs taking a running back who started his career at the University of Oregon and then transferred to USC, talking Travis Dye. What is it that you love about Travis Dye? Why would he be a great pick for the Chiefs in the seventh round? Yeah, BJ, I think effort at running back is one of the things I love to find. If you have effort, then we can talk about athleticism. We can talk about what you do on third down. But with Travis Dye, effort is everything. He finds every inch of every yard when he's running the football. He's not the most athletic guy. He's been banged up throughout the pre-draft process. We don't even have good numbers on his athletic testing. Uh, but what we've seen on film, I mean, the vision is there. The patience is there. He sets things up well. Uh, change of direction is absolutely there. I think he has a really good secondary burst when he sees an opening. There's a little bit of all, almost momentum that he finds. He gets a little bit of excitement, and that gives him some burst. Uh, he also catches the ball very well coming out of the backfield. He has the size to be a, a good blocker. And like we've seen in Kansas City with our guy, Isaiah Pacheco, that's that's the right way to say his name, we have found out. Uh, they love these guys that are effort runners. They, they're going to take every carry, and they're going to run the ball like it's the last time they're ever going to see the field because they want to prove themselves. Now, Dye might not be to that level. It might not be quite as crazy as Pacheco is as a runner, but I think it's a similar, like, try hard. You know, this dude's just going to fight for every opportunity to get on the field, and He's a favorite of mine in this draft class. He really is, not just because of what he did at Oregon and USC, but just that that determination that he brings to the field. Yeah, you can see on the highlights that we're watching right now. These are big schools he's playing against. I know that stuff matters, especially when you get into the seventh round. You guys, you've got guys that played in big games, played in big programs, like Oregon and USC with a lot of history, a lot of tradition. Um, that stuff kind of matters uh, when you get to this point and you go yep. through the pre-draft process. We've seen that it mattered to the Chiefs. Um, at this point, but yeah, Travis Dye running back, not an area that I feel like Chiefs fans will be triggered taking one in the seventh round. If it was any higher than this, who knows? Uh, there's not out on that, but you take it before the third round, they might get upset. Uh, but here in the seventh round, like anyone's going to have an issue with that at a position that the Chiefs do need to bring in somebody. Uh, I think we're all kind of waiting to see what happens with Jarek McKinnon. Does he come back? Do they re sign him? Uh, we saw what he did for the Chiefs, the spark that he provided, being one of the, the postseason MVPs and he made plays all the time for the Chiefs out of the backfield. Do they pay him? Do they bring in a young player uh, like a Travis Dye to, to take some of those reps? We know Isaiah Pacheco is going to be the guy. Uh, Pacheco, excuse me, is going to be the guy. Um, but you need another guy in there as well. You need a couple of running backs and uh, Matt's got us taking Travis Dye. All right, let's move on to the final pick. The next one right after uh, 249 at 250. The uh, last pick in the draft for the Chiefs you have the Chiefs taking a safety and Brandon Joseph out of Notre Dame. What is it that you love about Brandon Joseph? 
This is a name a lot of people are going to remember because he was at Northwestern uh, previous to Notre Dame. It was an All-American performer. Six foot, 202 pounds. He did not test well. Uh, four six two at the NFL scouting combine. The athletic numbers didn't match the tape. But, I mean, his leadership, uh, his football IQ. I remember talking to coaches last summer about it, BJ, and they're like, hey, this guy's like, it's, it's corny, but he's a coach out there. I mean, he's technically as sound as you can be. He's making all the calls. Um, he can play free safety, he can play strong safety, he can play nickel safety. I mean, he, he does it all. He's a center fielder. He has fantastic ball skills. He had 10 picks in college. He had six one year at Northwestern. Uh, but it's just average athleticism is why he's available in the seventh round because he doesn't run that well. But it, wherever he's drafted, he's a player I'm going to root for and follow because he's so damn good in college. And these guys, like, there's always that day three safety that you don't expect to make a team that will. I know the Chiefs have loaded up in free agency at safety. You've got a youngster, Brian Cook, as well. But I still think there's room here for more depth, especially somebody that has the versatility to play all three safety spots, someone who has a ton of experience playing special teams. Um, so I, I definitely think there's there's room for a Brandon Joseph on this team. Yeah, and you've got, I mean, we've seen LeJarius need get moved around and play different spots, but they signed right. Mike Edwards in free agency. They brought Deion Bush back obviously losing Juan Thornhill to the Cleveland Browns Justin Reed is coming back you got Brian Cook like you mentioned but they're going to draft a safety out of one of the 10 picks I don't think that that would be a huge surprise in other positions you could just take guys uh but to get a player and Matt yeah interested because both seventh round picks started it you know spent most of their careers or you know four of the years I know they're super seniors uh that actually are with the COVID but you know is it a risk now this is NIL. All this conversation it can take so many different turns and so many different ways that you can kind of dissect it. But it's always, it's interesting, I should say always, it's interesting to me now and looking at some of these players' decisions to play at one school for four years and then right before they get drafted, go to a completely new system yeah. with new coaches, new strength coaches, new surroundings, new teachers, new everything as to be your final interview or your final resume builder to go to the NFL when there's very rarely are you going to go to a new place one year and just absolutely crush. So Jordan Addison is another example at USC. That's an example. Yeah. Yeah. Kill it everywhere. And then they're like, Hey, I'm going to go kill it here one year. And you're learning new terminology, whether whatever side of the ball you're on, is this a risk for some of these guys? And, and talking about what Brandon Joseph just does really, really well, big name goes to a big school and just doesn't kill it right away. Is it, is it a risk for these guys to leave on that final year before that final stamp they're trying to give NFL scouts? I think it could be a risk when it's one year. You know, there are examples of guys like Hendon Hooker. You transfer from Virginia Tech to Tennessee, it works. Will Levis transferred from Penn State to Kentucky, that worked because you're getting the you're getting big opportunities. Uh, I think Drew Sanders is probably the best example of. He was a backup at Alabama, couldn't the field, transfers to Arkansas is you know an all-american player he, he most likely be a first round pick maybe an early second round pick but for him it worked he did one year at arkansas boom you know to the top of the board but i think those situations are becoming few and far between jordan addison was a first round pick at pitt so going to usc didn't help his stock it it may have actually hurt his stock because you know his production went down this past year he kind of got forgotten about a little bit because you're playing in the pac-12 and, and you're playing in a Lincoln Riley offense where the quarterback and the coach are going to get more of the credit than you are. Um, so I, I do think there's something to that of, you know, staying where you are known, where the coaches are, you're developed, you know the scheme. Um, a guy like Zay Flowers at Boston College could have transferred. Uh, he did not have a good quarterback situation at Boston College. He could have transferred. 
he didn't. And I, I think it helped him. Uh, it helped him quite a bit. So we'll see. Uh, like you said, NIL transfer portal are, are changing, not just college football, they're changing the draft a lot. We have a lot of 23, 24, some even 25 drill players in this year's draft, obviously because of COVID as well. But the guys are, are staying in college longer because they can make good money playing college football now. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Uh, we hanging out with ESPN's Matt Miller. We're going to get his final thoughts right here. But to recap Matt Miller's best case scenario in his mind for the Chiefs' 10 picks and what they could walk away with, we're going to recap it here real quick. Will McDonald, Iowa State edge rusher at 31. Sam Laporta, tight end out of Iowa with the second pick. A.T. Perry, wide receiver out of Wake Forest with their third pick. Texas defensive lineman Keandre Coburn. Uh, with the fourth pick, then moving to offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, Wanya Morris, then Trey Tucker, wide receiver out of the University of Cincinnati, and then cornerback Alex Austin from Oregon State, and then the quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA, and then with the final two picks, we just broke down running back Travis Dye um, out of Oregon, coming over from USC, and then at 250, safety Brandon Joseph going from Northwestern, and then his final year, at Notre Dame, Matt, if this what it ends up being, it would absolutely blow our minds that it would be the, the best video we've ever done at KCSN. If you just absolutely, right, absolutely. no trades, no trades, they just absolutely right. end up with all of these players. Uh, but if they end up with even a third of these players, just how excited should Chiefs fans be uh, if this ends up being the draft? Yeah, I know these are not the sexiest names in the draft and, and even and sometimes not the sexiest positions, but you're drafted 31st. And you're drafted last in every round. That makes it a lot harder to get the players that you've heard a lot about them. But I think the the goal that I had with this mock, BJ, number one, to be realistic, but number two, to find guys who uh, were productive in college, usually in big programs. That seems to be a hallmark of Brett Beach. High character players, that's absolutely a hallmark of Brett Beach. Uh, but then guys that, you know, that are best players out of position of need to where you're getting the values, like an A.T. Perry. You're, and then, you know, the sleepers like Travis Dye and Brandon Joseph, who were highly productive in college. They might just be one trait deficient, which is why they're not being drafted earlier. But I, I like to think this checked a lot of boxes. I'm obviously biased because I'm the one who put this together. But uh, I do think it. There's the things. There's always more needs, you know, that could be filled. Even on a team that just won the Super Bowl, even on a young team, you know, it's like well, no interior offensive line. You know, that was one area I thought about. So it it's always it's always tough to do this. I would encourage everyone to do their own seven round box draft and see how, see if they like it, but. Uh, I feel pretty good about this one. Love to see it. And we appreciate everybody for hanging out. It's been a part of your day with us. We'll have another one of these uh, with a different NFL draft expert next uh, next week. But we'll still talk uh, with Matt. We'll break down a different position group and throw some more of those interviews that we had out at the East-West Shrine Bowl. But appreciate everybody for hanging out. Before I let you go, make sure you're checking out our YouTube channel. We've got a ton of draft. We're turning it up to 11 uh, starting April 1 on the Draft Channel. And shout out to Tucker Franklin uh, for the hard work that he's put into this uh, breakdown series that we're doing. Kent Swanson, Sean Barber had a chance to sit down and break down a lot of these prospects uh, that we've been talking about either on this show or on the other shows across KC Sports Network. But right now we've got features set up with Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of Tennessee, and Nolan Smith, the edge rusher of the University of Georgia. Tucker, Sean, and Kent did a phenomenal job uh, putting some great content together. So make sure you check those out. We'll have a different video every single day leading up to the draft with a different player that those guys are breaking down. In addition to the multiple daily podcasts covering the Chiefs, Royals, KUK State, Mizzou, 
uh, Sporty KC, the KC Current, the middle of their season. So hopefully uh, they both those teams can turn it around and start winning some more matches. But appreciate everybody for hanging out. Uh, we appreciate it. Hit that like and subscribe. Follow us. And Matt, man, always appreciate you. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.